Dump this girl. Say it with me. Dump, Dump this, this girl. girl. Dump this girl. Dump this bitch. Girl. Oh. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> bitch. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Fine. Update. I still feel like dog shit. <laughs> well, considering how closely we've recorded that the last episode and today's episode, it's not like you've been sick a long, long, long time. Yeah. It's only been a few yeah. days. You're writing it out yeah. still. I went to the doctor and they said, yeah, there's nothing we can do about this. It's just your immune system trying to kill you. So give us $45 and leave, please. Thanks. That's the worst. I feel like if you go to the doctor and they can't fix you. You don't have to pay them. Especially on $45. Maybe like a $10 room fee because they have to come in and sanitize after you. But like... Right? Like, bro, listen. Listen. It's not that deep. I mean, she had to look at my ear holes, but I mean, damn. I could do that for like, you for free if I were there. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Also, for reference, I was going to school for like, ear shit. I'm not just like a rando off the street saying, I'll look in your ear. <laughs> no, she just has like an in-ear fetish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what's up. That's what's up. But yeah, welcome. Welcome back. We are finishing out Freaks and Geeks this week. I wanted to, right at the top, before I forget, apologize for a mistake I made in last week's episode. I listened to it this morning and I thought, hmm, let me double check with Urban Dictionary that the term I used was the correct term. And it's not. Double decker means something else. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, it's when you're taking a shit and you open your legs so someone else can come take a shit in the hole left between your legs. So there's two people taking a shit in the same toilet at the same time. Fascinating. But wouldn't you get shit on your legs? Depends on the size of your legs versus the person hovering to also poop in the hole, I guess. Okay. I don't I don't know. I didn't make Just this- Just shit in a trash can at that point. Like. Yeah. I, <laughs> the term I was looking for was upper decker. An upper decker ah. is when you shit in the tank. That way, when you flush, you get shitty water. <laughs> but see, that's the thing is, I feel like a double-decker is a better term for it. But that's just me. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want Twitter trolls Wait. to come out and I can at least be like, well, no, listen to episode three. You'll hear me explain. Hey, maybe that'll make us go viral. And then we're famous because of double-deckering. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> for referring to upper-deckers, not actually doing said upper-decker or double-decker. Too many deckers in this sentence. There's, uh, yeah. yeah. And as the designated Aries friend, I told this bitch that she does not have to apologize for this, <laughs> but here we are, so. <laughs> Hashtag just cancer things. Hashtag just cancer things. Yeah. I just wanted to correct that. Okay. All right. What you drinking, Woodsy? Let's talk about it. I got a crooked marker watermelon lemonade thing, mm -hmm. and it's... Mm -hmm. I feel so, like such a douche, but it's organic, super green alcohol. It's basically a flavored beer, and it just straight up tastes like watermelon lemonade. And it's fantastic. Gotcha. I'm not mad at it. I've got a Goose Island lemonade shandy. It's a wheat ale with natural limon, limon flavors. Did you see the tweet I sent you that Corgi's butts float in water? No, I didn't. I've been on Twitter. Yeah, I sent you a DM that... Uh, Shit. Yeah, today I learned that Corky butts can float. Not sure what to do with this info other than share it with you. 14 out of 10. What a good boy. <laughs> buoy. What a my, good buoy. My ass floats as well. So does that make me an honorary Corky? It might. Or am I just a fat ass? <laughs> 
Each of both. <laughs> Each of both. Damn, that is one buoyant ass. Good for him. I'm going to dump Ziggy in a pool and see if his ass floats. <laughs> and if it doesn't, it's because he's a border collie as well. Yeah, he's pretty dense. Uh, I will say that uh, we sat down and we watched all six of these episodes in one day. <laughs> yeah. Normally we space them out over a few days depending on our watching schedule, but I sat down and watched all six of these in one day. Mama didn't raise no bitch. So hopefully all this stuff is still relevant in my brain. However, I will say I slept a lot this weekend, which is unusual for me on a weekend. Same did I. So it feels like we watched this probably a week ago, even though it's been two days. Yep. Yep. And I got little to no sleep last night, so... I feel like because we binge watched them, I they kind of morphed together. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. There's a highlight reel in my brain of like strong moments that stand out. Uh-huh. We'll see how this like goes. where I wanted to bitch slap Cindy. Absolutely. Ooh. She I got know. her come up. She's insufferable. She did. But I did like the stint more so than last week. I will say that. How do you feel like one through six, 12 through... Excuse me, 7 through 12, 13 through 18. How do you rank them? 1 through 6 still is top. Still is peak. Mm -hmm. Then this week and then last week's. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I don't hate the ending. I don't love the ending. I'm kind of neutral on the ending. Yeah, a lot of people are upset about the ending because it ended. Oh, you know, yeah, that generally pisses people off. So I know that people are disappointed that the show was canceled. Yes. And people say that the ending is disappointing, but I don't know if they mean specifically like the way it ended or if uh -huh. they mean just that it ended. I wonder if they, surely they knew that they were canceled by the time it ended. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. If they did and they ended it like that, I mean, I guess it leaves it open and... If they ever could come back, they could without being really tied down to like this character was with this character. And so we got to explain that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where what happened between so-and-so and so-and-so? And -so? But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hate it. It was fine. Yeah. I, I think that's how I feel about the ending as well. It was fine. There was a specific thing that I wanted to happen that did not come to fruition. We'll, Same. we'll get but there. But I kind of hyped that up. Yeah. <laughs> there are things that I was disappointed about and then some things that I was just more like, well, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's not like seeing Dexter as a fucking lumberjack devastating. <sighs> it's more of just like a, huh, okay, that's an option. I would come back to this show, unlike the previous one. I would come back to this show. Yeah, I would too. This week we were discussing the last six episodes, so episodes 13 through 18 of, of course, Freaks and Geeks. Episode uh -huh. 13, Chokin' and Token. I like this episode. <laughs> this was a low one for me, I think. Really? In the dog's brain really got me. <laughs> it just felt like another filler, I think, but... Gotcha. Well, this episode explores Lindsay's first time smoking marijuana. She's trying to talk to Nick and figure out what's going on with Nick, and she asks him why he's stoned all the time, and finally she agrees to smoke pot with him in his basement because it's going to be so much fun, and when she's down there, she isn't having fun, and she ends up going home, and as she's leaving Nick's, I think he gets mad at her and, like, throws the pot because she accuses him of being addicted to it. She takes it home and she's sitting on her bed and she gets the bright idea, oh, I'm just gonna roll up a joint and see what this is about by myself, which I don't recommend. <laughs> don't smoke alone. Don't smoke alone. Just don't. Also, smoke with someone who's experienced because then they can tell you, girl, you're taking in too much. You need to yeah, bring it she down. She really struggled to, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't know what to do either, but I could still tell that she was doing it wrong. <laughs> she started by putting only three little pieces of 
Buds, pot, yeah. yeah, like, and then she way overfilled it, and then ripped paper. It was it was a huge mess, and I even went she was licking it, and then she licked the buds and got them in her mouth, and it was just like a whole thing. So she gets high out of her bedroom window as her father comes in, yelling. She dumps the whole tray out the window into the bush, <laughs> to which I was thinking, huh. How's that gonna work? Like, what what happens if Harold finds a rolling paper in the bush? I also know that pot has a smell. It does. It does, most pot. Unless you're, like, even vaporizing it, though. But the way she was doing it? Yeah, I feel like Harold would have been- He would have walked in and immediately been like, what the- fuck is that smell? Why Why is there a skunk in my house? What's yeah. happening? Harold alerts her that you promised a babysit tonight. Why the hell are you here? Yeah. <laughs> you better pitter patter on out of here, young lady. She had promised to babysit for her neighbors that night. She is panicked. She's too terrified to babysit by herself because she's not all there. And... I think she's leaning into, like, the weed paranoia stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, everything's going to go to hell in, like, panic mode, which some people have. It is valid. But it's not, like, as common as people make it out to be, yeah. I don't think. So she goes over to Millie's house and she pleads with her, please, Millie, I'm high and I need your help. And Millie's like, oh, you're on the pot. <laughs> the- and I was like, she's not shitting in your living room, <laughs> Millie. She smoked a tree. Like, calm down. <laughs> And so Millie goes over and she she helps Lindsay and Lindsay is obviously stoned out of her mind. I don't know how these parents didn't recognize that. And then Lindsay starts panicking and she's Millie's taking care of her. She's laying on the couch. She's put the kid to bed and she covered a Lindsay with a blanket and they're talking and Lindsay thinks, oh God, what if this is all a dream? Because I don't believe in God. What if we're all inside that dog's head? And it's like the sleeping family's basset hound named Marvin. (laughs) And he's just hanging out. She just starts going into this thing of, if that dog wakes up, we're all gone. We're all dead. It's all over. Oh God. And Millie gets up and Lindsay's like, what are you doing? And Millie's like, I'm waking up the dog. And she goes over and starts petting him. And Lindsay's almost in tears. She's just freaking out. She can't handle it. And Millie's like, dude, it's a dog. Like, we're all good. See, we're still here. I feel like the weed would have worn off by now. We don't know how much time has passed. That is true. I really like this episode because it really shows bonding between Millie and Lindsay. Millie just wants to be Lindsay's friend still so desperately. Mm -hmm. But Lindsay is just really not fitting into that lifestyle. But Millie's kind of becoming okay with that. Yeah. She's becoming more accepting and less as judgmental. I just, I like their bonding. I started to really like Millie around this point, so. Yeah, Millie has her strengths. She does. And Frank, because beautiful Nick is always high all the time, we had a beautiful little song about him here. He's so high. Thanks. Thanks. The musical stylings of Sly, everybody. Da-da. You got to hear her twice today. On the other side of this episode, you have the geeks choking, technically. The geeks are embarrassed in front of their peers when Bill reveals their allergies and ailments to Miss Foot, who is played by the beautiful Leslie Mann with a beautiful pixie cut. Mm-hmm. But Bill has a total crush on her. Sorry, I just remembered the joke I made. That's so stupid. Bill has quite the crush on Leslie Mann, Miss Foot. He brings up in class that he's allergic to peanuts and air and dogs and cats. And basically the whole world is just out to get him. Some dogs. 
Oh, yeah, some dogs, but not all dogs. That's right. Goes on to say that if he even eats a peanut, he could die. He could die. He could die. And Miss Foot finds this not really hard to believe, but she's just like, oh, wow. She says it's not common for one person to have so many ailments and such. And that's mm-hmm. when Bill starts showing off his foot and mouth syndrome and <laughs> and pulls out that Neil has psoriasis, which is basically like lizard skin. And I don't remember what Sam's was. I don't know. Let's say Sam has IBS. He looks like the kind of kid that has IBS. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Read Sam for filth or whatever his ailment is. And then this leads Alan, good old bully <laughs> Alan, to not believe that Bill is actually deathly allergic to peanuts. And he sneaks over and puts a peanut into Bill's sandwich while Bill is talking with some of the other kids at the table. Pro tip, kids. Maybe don't announce the thing that can murder you around and in front of loudly your bullies. It might not be the best idea for your own goodness. So don't do that. Life lessons with Sly. Yeah, I didn't see how many peanuts he put in that sandwich. But yeah, Bill was up at a different table and left his food out. And Alan's- This is why also- we don't leave food or drinks unattended. Never. Ladies and gentlemen. So after Bill eats one bite of the sandwich, Alan realizes, oh, shit. Bill was telling the truth as Bill is brushed <laughs> out on a stretcher to the hospital. In this episode, you see Sam, Bill, and Neil try to make plans to go to a science fiction convention that weekend. At the same time, you see Vicky and Maureen. Maureen is back. Mm-hmm. Make plans yeah. for a cheerleading convention. I don't know. They're doing something. And for some reason, they've invited... Sam and Neil to go with them so they want to ditch on Bill and not go to the sci-fi convention and they're like oh I'll just bring Gordon you know it'll be fine. Bill's upset about this he feels betrayed by his friends and then he goes on to eat this peanut sandwich Bill's just not having a good day and then he ends up you know unconscious in the hospital for a little bit <laughs> we meet his mom she's beautiful uh-huh. she is and she's terrified that her son's going to die then Sam and Bill show up with Mrs. Weir. Mrs. Weir comforts mm-hmm. I guess Miss Haverchuk, Bill's mother Neil asks, no, Neil asks if Bill is, if he's alive and the mother says yes. And then Sam goes, is he going to die? And this upsets Bill's mother. Of course it would. (laughs) I mean, Neil pulls Sam to the side like, you idiot. Like, you don't say the word die in a hospital. There's quote, Frank, of us seeing Maureen again. Maureen! Maureen! I told you. I called it. Both of us. Maureen! (laughs) Like, we're trying to date her. (laughs) She's not dead. (laughs) Thanks. Um, while the mothers are waiting for Bill to come to, Alan and his father come into the hospital and his father says that Alan needs to tell them something. Alan confesses to not believing Bill was allergic, that Bill lies about all sorts of things, which have we ever really seen Bill lie about things? No, that's what I was going to bring up. Bill hasn't lied about this kind of thing. I think Alan was just making up an excuse to try to kill a child like damn yeah he's like he lies about all sorts of things i didn't believe him i didn't think he was really gonna die you know like i think he was really allergic so he asks unless he thought unless he thought he was lying about like the dogs and stuff but why would he lie about that i don't know uh alan asks if he can go apologize to bill and his mother says absolutely not because he's unconscious a murderer yeah oh (laughs) <laughs> same, same thing but uh while no one's looking alan does sneak into bill's room and he apologizes and he says Fucker. that uh he always wanted to be friends with them there was one point in elementary school where he asked if they could if he could play with them or do something and they told him no and he's like i like science fiction too and if you don't die, like, I swear I'll never bully you again. And, you know, this, this, and this. So, yeah, this is a big revelation of why Alan is such a bully. 
And I think we're that holds true. I don't think he did bully them the rest of the of the stint, right? No, he didn't. So when Bill comes to, he's allowed to have visitors. And at this point, this is when his father insists that Alan go in and apologize to him while he's awake. And he's such a jerk about it. And he's like, Psh, I didn't believe that you were going to die anyway. And Bill goes, I heard you. I heard you. I, you know, I, I heard that you really care about me. I heard that you want to be friends. And he invites him to go with him to the science fiction convention that weekend and he totally says no and then he kind of acts like he's going to think about it sam and neil come in and they share their relief that bill pulled through and they told him that vicky and maureen came and visited while he was unconscious and they were all over me man they were crying and they hu- they were all over us and this this and this and so bill offers to pretend to still be unconscious for a few more days if it's going to help the other two get some dates with the girls and we were both like that's a true bro right there yeah, faking his own death for these boys, man. Yeah. So he pulls through and then you see that Sam and Neil decide to blow off the cheerleading convention to go to the science fiction convention with with Bill and Gordon. And yeah. as you mentioned, Alan does show up to try and join them, but looks over and sees everyone all in their like costumes and stuff, except for Gordon, because Gordon yeah. says he gets dressed in the parking lot. So he doesn't look yeah. like a total loser all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gordon's like the alpha male of this group. Alan rides off. Episode 14, Dead Dogs and Gym Teachers, which right off the bat, I told Witsy I did not want to watch that. Yeah, you were like, skip this episode, skip it. And I went, uh, but I know something about Bill's mother dating the coach. I was like, we have to see this episode. You're like, all right, put it on. (laughs) And I, this one was pretty funny. And also, what the fuck's up with Goliath? (laughs) Yeah. That dog doesn't know his own gender. His owners don't know his gender. He's like the first gender fluid dog. I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> the dog getting hit by a car is your favorite episode. Good job. Because there were so many moments where we just ripped these children to shreds. I think it yeah. mostly me, but ripped these children yeah. to shreds. They're so yeah. stupid. <laughs> but actually, it's the screenwriters. Like, you know, it's the oh, showrunners. Oh, for sure. for sure. Hire me to be a writer and problems like this won't exist. Exactly. Okay, so Lindsay and Kim are hanging out. They're driving around town and they accidentally run over Millie's dog one night. And from the very top, they run over something. It's the teeniest little bump. like Yeah, they think it's a squirrel. And Lindsay tries to get Kim to turn around and check on it. And Kim refuses. She's like, it's fine. Like, I run over stuff all the time or something, I think. And they just continue (laughs) driving off. That tracks. They get to school the next day. And they see that Millie, of course it was Millie. (laughs) Millie is walking through the hallway. She's bloodshot eyes. Like, she's sobbing. And they find out that her dog died that it was hit by a car the driver <laughs> didn't night. yeah the driver didn't even turn around and come back like to check on the animal uh. lindsay wants to come clean to millie because millie is just like next level heartbroken heartbroken throughout the whole episode and i get it i'm not making fun of millie for being upset no no the circumstances that come out of this is what i'm making fun of so yeah. Lindsay wants to come clean to Millie and Kim threatens her, absolutely threatens her that if she confesses, she'll beat her up. Like they're yeah. they're going to fight. Because Kim is like starting to become friends with Millie at this point and bonding over this dog being hit. She's kind of being dirty about it because she loves dogs more than she likes people, which same, but instead of being honest, she's yeah. spending time with Millie to get Millie to feel better 
Yeah. Millie asks Kim and Lindsay if they'd like to come to the funeral for this dog. <laughs> and Kim accepts for her. Kim accepts for both she and Lindsay. It, it just was ridiculous. They're making plans to go to the mall with Millie's big coat. Millie thinks this is funny that Lindsay, that Kim loves her big coat, not realizing that Kim's going to use this coat to shoplift. And throughout this episode, she starts becoming incorporated into the freaks. And uh-huh. Kim even invites her to go with the group to wit to see the Who in concert. Uh-huh. And she starts dressing differently. She stands up and tells her mom off that she's going to this concert no matter, you know, what they say. And that mom is the mom from the last episode of the kid that Lindsay babysat. So why the hell is she L- Millie's mom too? Yeah, I don't know if these two actresses just looked identical or if they merged in our brains of white women. I don't know. White middle-aged women from the 80s? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I could have sworn it was the same person, though. Yeah. Kim and Lindsay go to this dog's funeral for Goliath. Millie mentions that this dog was around her entire life, and then we see the cross for this dog, that the dog was 16 years old. Millie asks if Lindsay would like to say anything at the funeral because she also knew the dog and Lindsay feels awkward to even be there and then she just starts repeating all the same stuff that Millie said. Yeah. Also mentions that the dog was spayed and it said several times throughout the episode that the dog was a male. So the dog would have been neutered. And humped things. Yeah. The dog would have been neutered not spayed. But Frank there's a quote about the age of the dog. I'm just saying that dog was 16 years old anyway. (laughs) No wonder he couldn't get out of the road fast enough. Homie was limping. He didn't know he was in the road. He didn't know where the fuck he was. He thought he was in heaven. He saw the light and he was like, I'm going. It was the Mama, I'm coming home. <laughs> I say that as a person whose dog hit a car. So thanks. thanks. Also, somewhere in this whole like freaks plot line, Nick teaches himself to play guitar and writes a love ballad for Lindsay called Lady L. He plays yep. it for Ken. Ken can't stand it. And when Nick goes to play it for Lindsay as they're doing the equivalent of tailgating in the neighborhood before the Who concert. <laughs> Next to their stoner van. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Ken comes over, takes the guitar out of Nick's hand and smashes it in the street <laughs> and hands the broken guitar back over to Nick and says, you know, this is the biggest favor I've ever done you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Millie's, yeah, Millie's hanging out with them, and she looks like a punk now. She looks like a normal kid. She was in jeans with, like, yeah. she was in jeans but with a hole. But for her, she looks like a punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She accepted a beer from Daniel. She did. She asked for a beer, because he's like, who wants a beer? And she's like, I'll have one of those. Yeah, 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 and then she struggled to open it. God damn, I wish I could remember the murder joke that I made, but I fuck. It's gonna bug me. So towards the end of the episode, you see Lindsay and Millie looking over a picture of this dog together. I think Millie brings it over to Lindsay, right? Yeah, this is after uh, they finally come clean as Millie's trying to open the beer and it makes her storm off and not drink the beer. Kim actually comes clean about it. And then Lindsay goes to console Millie. Yeah. And Millie's got a picture of this dog. And like we said at the top, Kim and Lindsay thought they hit a squirrel. At most, yes. I'm thinking this dog is a terrier. You know, no bigger yeah, than... Yeah, named Goliath as like a joke. Yeah, thinking... Or a chihuahua. Yeah, thinking no that this dog is no bigger than Ted, 15 pounds maximum. That's it. We see that this dog is a Great Dane. <laughs> a 16-year-old Great Dane. And Frank, there's a reaction here. Jesus Christ, he was a horse! There's no way... There's no, there's no way! There's no way! Holy shit! 
they thought that was a squirrel. Kim ran over that horse with her fucking gremlin without it like rolling the tires off that fucking car. Are you kidding me? I imagine like a little terrier or something. No fucking way did that great day make it to 16 years old. I think they swapped that dog midway through her life and didn't fucking tell her like a goddamn goldfish, man. Thanks. Okay, Great Danes don't even live nope. normally that long. No. This this dude was not gone too soon. Homeboy, like, outlived 99.9% of the rest of his race. <laughs> he saw Kim's car and was like, finally. Give me them headlights. I'm coming home. <laughs> they wanted to leave this world behind. <laughs> Trying to spay a male dog? Are you kidding me? I wonder if he still had his nuts then. <laughs> he wasn't ever neutered. They went inside, like removed, like an appendix or something, and they're like, "What? Ah. <laughs> enough, enough, fair enough." <laughs> oh God! They brought this horse to us, and they said, "Spay him," and we went, "Uh, what? You want his nuts off?" They're like, "No, no, no, spay," and they went, "All right." <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so in our other plot of this episode, Bill is having a super, super rough time when he finds out that his mom is banging coach Fredericks and she brings him home one day. And apparently this has been going on for some time since the crank calls, I think, when she said she had to go into a parent-teacher meeting with him. So Bill is the whole reason that they're together in the first place. Mm -hmm. He ends up spending the night and he's drinking out of Bill's mug and Bill is just aghast that his mother is letting this his teacher like one banging him and two letting him stay at their house and so bill starts really testing the waters in class with mm -hmm. with coach and really pushing his buttons trying to you know, just act out and you're not my dad yeah. yeah coach handles it pretty well i think because he's like bill you're running laps alan you shut the fuck up because <laughs> like, yeah. alan finally coach told grief. him to shut the hell up yeah, and then to try to get him to bond, a coach Fredericks offers to take Bill, Neil, and Sam all to a go-kart track that no other parents want to go to because it's too far out of the way, but Coach Fredericks loves it there. And he takes them all, and they're racing, and Bill's about to beat him, and then Coach accidentally spins Bill out, mm -hmm. causing him to wreck making coach the winner and bill wrecked in the corner and bill gets really really upset about this he's like why can't you just let me win i don't understand this isn't fair and then storms off to go sit in the car and cry and cry he was crying baby was crying bill is sitting in the car and coach is trying to reconcile things with bill but bill's not saying a word and he's just really upset and coach explains that he really loves bill's mom and he really wants to be there for for Bill, too, but he has to let Bill love his mom, and they can share her, and it's all good. Yeah. Coach says, you know, I'm sure that you think I'm a, a dumb jock kind of guy, and I don't remember his exact wording, but it's something to the effect of, we just have to find common ground. I really love and care for your mother. I've never felt it about oh. anyone the way I do for your mother. You know, he says his piece and he goes back out of the car to, I guess, go f join the other boys and leaves Bill in the yeah. car, and Bill removes his glasses and keeps crying and yeah. we talked about it in in this episode as well because at the beginning before his mother breaks the news that she's seeing coach yeah. bill is watching tv alone and laughing up a storm eating a grilled cheese sandwich and has like a little chocolate donut cake thing and stuffed in his mouth mm -hmm, i kind of brought up the comparison to you or the idea to you that he treats his tv as his 
not quite like his father, but he likes the men that he watches shows. Because there have been several points throughout this show where we see that Bill is upset that his father isn't involved. Yeah, yeah. Even when he was, like, unconscious. His father never visited him. He just called. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Your kid's almost dead. What are you doing? Yeah. So we don't know much about why Bill's dad isn't around, but we know that Bill is very affected by it. And we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Bill has a strong relationship with the things he watches on TV, which is part of the reason I think he loves Dallas so much. It's it's an escape from his own world. I'm going to project that onto him. Yep. At some point, he comes out of his room after this heart, this, uh, I'll say heart to heart, but the the conversation that Coach had with him. And Uh Coach is watching, I'm assuming, some kind of sports game asks if there was something that Bill wanted to watch and Bill says it's time for Dallas and sits down on the floor in front of the couch switches it over to Dallas he just sits there in silence watching and Bill opens up this is this character and this is this character's brother he has to protect this woman from this guy because this guy's evil and starts explaining the whole like the whole framework of the show yeah and even says oh I'll just explain over the commercial and you see that these two are going to work it out it's it's actually very sweet Coach is trying. He did. And I have to admire him for that, especially in these stepdad scenarios Mm -hmm. that are portrayed in sitcoms and stuff like that. Generally, they don't try, but Coach really tried. and He's a good guy. Biff has has grown as a person. I'm proud of him. Especially since Bill isn't an athlete. Yep. If he were an athletic student or even specifically on the basketball team, I feel like the two of them would have clicked really easily. Yeah. But the fact that Bill is a geek and isn't athletically inclined at all. We even saw that at the beginning of this episode. He did catch the basketball and was able to sort of dribble it and bring it down the court. But then when he went to shoot the hoop, like, it, it bad. Yeah, nope. It, it was real bad. It was real, real bad. <laughs> but once they kind of hash it out, it seems like they, they would be a good stepdad, stepson duo. All right. Episode 15, Noshing and Moshing. Oh, Man, this episode has a special guest star, but I don't get to I don't get to bring him in. <gasps> and I'm really upset about it. <laughs> so I was gonna say this episode was a highlight in that I didn't I didn't even remember the, the other plot line. I even just thought plot A was a highlight. Yeah, no. No 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 no. No 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 no. So while trying to escape his problems with his parents and Kim, Daniel, we see him that his dad's sick, his mom's really needy and needs him to pick up medication, which makes him late for school and all this other kind of stuff going on with him. He becomes attracted to Jenna, who is a dropout from McKinley. The boys see her at the working at the gas station where they're getting like drinks or beers or something. And she's got the big like, I want to call them Liberty Spikes, but they're not even Liberty Spikes. They're just like square rectangular things jumping out of her head Mm -hmm. and he becomes really really attracted to her and he starts flirting with her and she invites him to this punk club called the armpit (laughs) because daniel and kim are on a break at this point i believe yeah because daniel was late to school because his mother needed him to pick up yeah pills medications and then uh, kim calls him unreliable in the hallway because her notes that she needed for an open book test were in his car yeah so daniel completely changes his look he spikes his hair with like eggs which is disgusting Mm -hmm. then he puts safety pins on his clothes and rips holes in his jeans and he's just trying to look like a punk he does guy liner on one side of his face beyond me and frank there is a quote when daniel is turning into a punk i gotta leave i'll I'll be be in my bunk bunk. oh my god did we just say that at the same time thank you 
And then he ends up bringing Nick and Ken along to this club called the Armpit. And it's a super hardcore club. Everyone's like just yelling and screaming. It's like a whole thing. And Nick is like, bro, we got to get out of here. This place is weird. And Ken also is kind of sketched out. But then he goes over to listen to the band. And Daniel walks over to Jenna. And he sees someone across the room getting their nose pierced with like a safety pin by this girl. And she asks who's next. And he feels pressured to show off in front of Jenna. And so he sits down to have his nose pierced with this safety pin by this girl. About the time Jenna's boyfriend shows up. About that time, Nick comes back and he's like, Daniel, we need to leave. Like, we're out. And Daniel jumps up because he's mad about the boyfriend. And then Nick's getting them to leave. And the safety pin just kind of, like, stabs him in the nose and makes him bleed everywhere. And he also got kicked in the back of the Mm -hmm. head during the mosh pit. It was a whole thing. He's bleeding from everywhere. And they go to leave. And Ken's rocking out in the crowd, like, having the best time of his life right now. And either way, Daniel finally gets pulled out. And the episode... Or at least this part of the episode ended with Daniel showing up to Kim's house, which has like an actual door and like walls now. Crazy. He's crying and she's crying and then she invites him inside. Yeah. So it's really sweet. At some point in this story, I think you went like, oh, or started to feel sorry for him. And I I am so turned off at this character. I even went, no, I refuse to feel sorry for Daniel. Daniel starts to kind of come back towards the end. Definitely Mm -hmm. at the end Sure, but... So, this was the start of understanding him better. Kind of like how you don't like Kim in the beginning, but then you're like, oh, okay, Kim's kind of the way she is. Yeah. In the last episode, we mentioned that we were super invested. We really needed to know what was going to happen with Neil, his father, the affair, and boy, did it deliver in many, many ways. Okay. So, trying to cope with the knowledge that his father's unfaithful to his mother and whether or not he should tell her... Neil decides to focus all of his energy in what he believes will Mm. make him rich and not need to rely on his parents, ventriloquism. So he's got a dummy, excuse me, not a dummy. What did he say? It was a model. A model. Or like a, it was something fucking stupid. It's a dummy. He's like, it's only a dummy. Only dummy around here is if you call it that. It's a dummy. And he starts neglecting school in the process, which I got, I got that part. It, it would be hard to expect yeah. him to still be a straight-A student if that's what he was to begin with, with the knowledge that he's his father's sleeping around on his mother. And we find out that the Schweibers throw a party every year and that the Weirs, specifically Harold and then even Lindsay, don't, don't want to go to this party because... It's the same party every year, and Dr. Schweiber just sits around and tells dentist jokes all night long. Gene says Harold has to go because the two of them didn't attend the party the year before, but Lindsay doesn't have to go if she doesn't want to, and Lindsay's like, woohoo, like, free pass. We also find out that Neil's older brother, Barry, is coming back into town from college and will be at this party, and we see... Sam, Bill, and Neil talking in the hallway, and then his brother Barry shows up, and boy, 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 boy. So for whatever reason, Neil's older brother Barry decides to visit him in school, and the moment this boy showed up on screen, I heard you gasp. I think I was checking my phone for a moment because it it happens while we're watching episodes, especially when we're watching this many episodes all at once. So I was checking my phone, and I hear you go, (gasps) is that? And I looked up, and we both went, Hot Boy Bernard is back. So, Frank, there is a quote here. (gasps) 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 I heard his voice and I knew. 
Put that phone down. Hot boy Bernard. Both ears are on. Thanks. So yeah, Neil's older brother is Hot Boy Bernard. Oh. And oh. Neil, oh. while the four of them are talking in the hallway and then Barry's cracking wise or whatever, Neil sees Lindsay and goes, hey, my Lindsay, refers to her in some way and this pisses her off. She goes, Neil, we talked about this. She comes over to give Neil a piece of her mind and she looks over and realizes Barry's there and Barry's looking good. Yeah, of course he is. He is. She starts to have a little teeny tiny little baby crush on him. And he says, hey, are you going to be at this party this weekend? And Lindsay says, oh, absolutely. And doesn't play, <laughs> it? Yeah, doesn't play it cool at all. As the weirs are getting ready to leave, Lindsay comes out of her room and says, wait, like, I'll be joining you. And she's in this dress, make sure she's looking good. And even Jean, even Jean goes, oh, don't you look nice? So yeah, at this party, Lindsay and Barry kind of find their own little private corner they're talking and they decide to go on a walk and Barry is giving giving her a speech about how college is great because everything resets. You can be whoever you want to be in college. No one knows in his his the universe no one knows at the university he's studying at that he was the nerd that was beaten up every day. He said he was beaten up more often than Neil is. And to be fair, we haven't seen the geeks getting except for the one fight. They get picked on, but they're not getting actually physically beaten up. But he said now he's just an attractive Jewish man on campus. And yeah, he's the hot Jew. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you and are. Both of us were like, yeah. And then you made the foolish mistake of looking. David Krumholtz looks oh, now. Why'd you ruin my life? Like, no offense. I know. Like, wh- I like, didn't no, ruin your this- life. I didn't tell you to look him up. I guess I didn't tell you not to look him up. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me not to. I don't know. It was just devastating. It was just devastating. Yeah, so we're okay. we're watching the episode. And I just hear, no, and I go, "You looked up what this actor looks like now, didn't you?" <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey guys, Witsy here. Uh, so Sly and I, uh, as you may have just uh, been able to tell, got really carried away with our feelings about Hot Boy Bernard that we totally forgot to wrap up a pivotal plot line in this episode, which is at this party. We wrap up the whole Dr. Schweiber having an affair thing with Neil having a conversation with his brother Barry and Barry confirming that he also knew that his father sleeps around and that it's been going on for some time. But Barry confronts him and says that absolutely under no circumstances can Neil tell their mother about it because then that would lead to a divorce and wouldn't Neil much rather have his father around all of the time than you know part of the time if they were divorced and ultimately at this party Neil does his ventriloquy act even though he insists he doesn't want to but Dr. Schweiber forces him and in it the act quickly goes downhill and Neil runs off upset and his mother follows him and as he's crying into his mother's arms he confesses that he knows that his father's having an affair and then mrs schweiber confirms it as well that she knows and she doesn't want neil to worry the two of them are working on it so um yeah we just wanted to pop in and wrap up that storyline since we hyped up that we were very excited to know how it ended and then like i said hot boy bernard came in and just totally derailed us so (laughs) back to the episode at some point in this episode we see a kid who happens to be fatter and bigger than Gordon. And meaner. Yeah, and meaner. He's an actual bully. Pick up a student, throw her on his shoulder, refuse to put her down. Lindsay comes over and punches Fatso in the gut. And a teacher... What teacher was that? Was it a teacher we'd even seen before? 
No, I don't think so. Some teacher comes out and catches Lindsay as she's punching the guy after the guy's put the other girl down. So it just looks like Lindsay's uh, accosting this man for no reason. Yes, this five foot four child is accosting this man that is bigger than fucking Goliath the dog. Yeah. So she gets awarded in detention and so does this man child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some alter- verbal altercation going on in the cafeteria and the mathletes teacher that we don't like, whose name escapes me, comes out and tells him, why doesn't he pick on someone his own size? There's a bus out yeah. in the parking lot. <laughs> that was great. That was a moment. And we we moment. just loved it so much. And then the kid turned around. I, actually, I don't know if that was this episode or not, but sure. So yeah, Lindsay gets a few days of detention and we don't really see that pan out. I mean, we see her the one day no. in detention where she yeah. can't do her homework, which is the dumbest yeah, thing well- ever. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's like, you can't be doing your homework, Mrs. Weir. And she's like, what am I supposed to be doing in here? What's the point? And he's like, thinking about what you've done. And she's like, I can't do my homework at school? <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And he gives her more detention. Yeah, she ends up with two or three more days. She, I, There's a brief moment where she's exchanging with Sam in the hallway of, I got detention, don't tell mom and dad. <laughs> and just like walks yeah. off. Episode 16, Smoochin' and Moochin'. We'll be right back after a quick break. You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, all right? Oh, wow. For Hansel and, Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You have a DVD yeah, of Hansel and Gretel. She basically has sex with it, somehow. No, foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's chair foreplay. I mean, they knocked it out of the park, which is why it's my number three. So. Oh! <laughs> Yes. I mean, I wouldn't be in it because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, that's you why I was making right. It has one? You, you would like have that. three lines of dialogue. So she has more than three. Okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Anyway, we're Dark Phoenix 2. Uh, so, no. So no. <laughs> no. 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 Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective, ex-detective Phillips's dick. Okay. But we don't okay. in a hot tub. I, I know all of those words were English. But the way you constructed yeah, them, I'm anyway, lost. Not, I'm not following their ratings on them very well. For those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Moochin. Okay, it's actually smooching and mooching, but you know. Yeah. Who says mooching? It's moochin. Moochin. Smoochin and moochin. Smoochin and moochin. So in this episode. <laughs> leave that sigh in, Frank. Leave that sigh in. Cindy breaks up with Todd and <gasps> approaches Bill to get Bill to ask Sam to ask her out. Oh. Specifically says. Ask me to this party. Have yeah. Sam ask me to this party. 
Although sure shit does. I will say Bill's a true bro because Cindy asks, does Sam like me? Do you think he likes me? And Bill says, well, I can find out, but does not spill the beans. Like, oh yeah, he's obsessed with you. He's like, oh, uh-huh. I could ask. I could ask. Yeah. So he goes over and talks to Sam and says, Cindy likes you. And of course, Sam thinks he's joking. Mm-hmm. And Bill says, oh, she wants you to ask her to Mona's party. Yeah. Sam accepts the other two really talking him up. So he goes over and he approaches Cindy in front of other cheerleaders and I think a few basketball players and asks if he can talk to her for a minute. And Cindy says, yes, of course. And so Sam asks her to the party and she very happily accepts his invitation. This leads Sam, Neil, and Bill to find themselves nervously attending a makeout party. Mm-hmm. Poor Sam has never had a kiss before. And I think even when he asks her to go to the party, Cindy le- leans in and kisses him. And he yes. just keeps his mouth open and he goes cross-eyed at it. And <laughs> we looked it up. This actor was 13 years old when they were filming this. This child did not know what he was. Mm-hmm. I just felt very. Ugh. This whole episode made me feel uncomfortable for this child. Yeah. 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 So Sam is not ready to kiss, really kiss Cindy. He's definitely not ready to go to a makeout party. He's terrified the whole time. Sam, Neil, Bill, Gordon, and Harris all share a lunch table and talk about kissing girls. Gordon's waiting till marriage. <laughs> yeah, Gordon's waiting for the future Mrs. Chris before he's kissing anybody. Harris is making out his girlfriend, Judith, all the time. Judith, right? Judith. Yep. All the time. Yep. Neil is very excited and very ready to be kissing people. Uh, he hopes it'll be Vicky, the head cheerleader. <laughs> Bill says he doesn't want to really kiss anyone because he, he doesn't know what to do with his tongue and he doesn't want anyone's tongue in his mouth. And Sam's just not ready to be kissing at all. Get ready. So you see them all getting ready individually. You see Sam trying to figure out what to wear. For a moment, he considers the powder blue jumpsuit and both of us went, oh, sweet baby child, no, please don't. They threw it on the floor. Yeah, he threw it on the floor. And then I think he just... Went with basically his own clothes, right? Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Normal. Nothing real nope. special. Nope. And it pans over to Neil's house and you see him come out with a Shatner robe. Got like a glass of juice or water and he's pretending it's like brandy. And mm-hmm. I said that he's seen too much Star Trek and too much Shatner. He's looking like freaking Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Then we see him with his dummy and uh, he practices kissing the dummy before the party. And Frank, there's a quote here about it. That was not the first time young Neil made love to his dummy. <laughs> Thanks. I'm disgusted. <laughs> so they get to this party and they play spin the bottle. Neil keeps landing on Bill. Has Bill moved to a different part of the circle? Bill and or Vicky keep landing on one another, although Vicky's only allowing him to kiss her hand and then at most her cheek. And then once they've landed mm-hmm. on one another three times, they go into the closet for seven minutes in heaven. And they sit there for a long time. Vicky says, you know, I know you want to kiss me. This is and this. And Bill goes, actually. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Bill says, I actually don't. Don't like you. I think you're mean. And this is and this or something. I don't know. They have a breakthrough and then they make out. You were very excited about it. (laughs) I was just happy for Bill. The night doesn't go at all to Neil's expectations. He even tries to knock on the closet door to get the two of them to come out because he doesn't realize what's going on. Do you think he didn't know what was going on in there? I don't think he knew that they would be making out because even later on when Bill's like, did I tell you about that time I made out with Vicky whatever the Mm -hmm. heck? And Neil's like, you're such a liar. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I don't think he believes him. Sam and Cindy sneak up to find their own private room and sit on a bed. And Sam's extremely nervous. He turns on a little clock radio for some music. He asks if he can kiss Cindy. And we were like, bravo, another child doing, like, asking for consent. So they kiss for a little bit. And then they make out. And then Cindy pushes him down on the bed. And we were just absolutely done and disgusted with this. Watching this poor child get, I don't know. I didn't like I mean, it. The term I used was molested, mm-hmm. but like, still, yeah, it, like I don't like it. But good for Bill. Good for Bill. Good for Bill. Good for Bill. Bill's Bill the stud, man. Mm-hmm. Bill the stud. That brings us to the next plot point, which is oh man, this is funny. I like this. I like this line or the storyline a lot. So Nick comes home after finding a bongo set at a garage sale, to his entire twenty-nine piece drum kit being gone his dad has sold it or thrown it in the trash he did away with it dun 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 (laughs) and nick is furious and he tells his dad you owe me money i bought all of that and you just got rid of it that's not fair and his dad is just you know playing a pissing contest game saying that oh the drums are what's making you bad and blah 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 and so nick just leaves and i don't blame him his dad's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so Nick is kind of couch surfing. He goes to Daniel's and he has to sleep on his floor, but his floor is gross. So he's trying to find a new couch to surf. And he asks around the table at lunch to all the freaks, hey, you know, Kim, can I stay at your house? Or Ken, can I stay at your house? And everyone, it's all coming up, no. And finally he asks Lindsay and she says, oh, my dad would kill me. Like, there's no way. Do you remember what Daniel said happened at his house? That Nick didn't flush. Yeah. <laughs> Nick gave that toilet an upper decker too. Yeah, from the bottom. Because uh, <laughs> he said something about it was huge and he, I don't he know. Plunged three times or something like that. <laughs> Nick is just looking like he doesn't have a spot to stay. Later on that night, Nick turns up at dinner, during dinner, at the Weir House and. Gene ends up inviting him in, saying, oh, do you want to stay for dinner? Because he's like, oh, it smells so good. It smells like meat. <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. Meat. <laughs> meat. And Lindsay is just horrified that her ex-boyfriend is joining her and her parents for dinner. Ends up, he spills the beans about what's going on with his dad, and Harold and Gene offer to let him stay at the Weir house. Which, again, Lindsay is like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> This becomes a real bonding moment for Nick and Harold and Jean. They're dancing in the living room. And Harold's paying for Nick to go have drum lessons. And he's going to pay him off by working at the store. And it's a whole thing. There's a whole thing worked out. Lindsay is just standing there just in shock because... Why aren't her parents as accepting of her as they are of Nick? And she confronts Harold on this. Mm-hmm. Harold says, I liked your comment of, because he's not their kid. <laughs> Which is accurate. He says that, I don't know, he doesn't really give a good reason, does he? Just that every time Lindsay's out and about, it terrifies him or something? It terrifies him. He says he every time she's out of the house, all he does mm-hmm. is worry about where she's where she is and what she's doing and he's basically also says that he can relate to nick because they both shared not the same father but they both shared tough fathers and Lindsay goes well so do you know i know what you're talking about so do i and harold just says very like quietly no you don't which gives you an idea of what harold's background was yeah which makes sense as to why harold is the way he is but 
anyhow, by the end of it, everything's going really well, but then Nick's dad turns up looking for him, and Nick agrees to go home with him, but Harold pulls his dad aside and says he's a good kid. He just needs, like, I think some extra attention or something like that. Nick's dad gives him some bullshit line of, how old's your son? And Harold says, 13. 14. Well, let me know when he turns... Oh, 14. Well, let me know when he turns 16 and then just walks away. What does that mean? What does that mean? They don't suddenly turn into a gremlin when they turn on the full moon the night of their 16th birthday. Like Maybe Nick did. And I, no. I argued with you, maybe it was the driver's license. Maybe, but, but... Sam's out of the house all the time anyway as it is. Yeah. Yeah. What it is, is it's not acknowledging you have a shitty parenting style and taking accountability for what you're doing. Because Nick's smoking pot all the time as a means of escape from his father Mm -hmm. and his shitty home life. That's what's going on with that. That's why he's out all the time running around. There. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is your fault. (laughs) Take accountability. Figure some shit out. Go to therapy. I don't know. But yeah. um, And that's kind of where that ends. And it's really sad. I was hoping Nick would stay with Lindsay and the Weirs. There's a great scene where Nick <laughs> goes to Lindsay's door and knocks on it in the middle of the night, and he is in a banana hammock, high cut bikini brief. What is happening? Striped. It was that man loves showing off his his like thighs and ass cheeks, and I mean after seeing forgetting Sarah Marshall his dick for that matter. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. That was a really great scene. And then he crashes in the living room and Lindsay and Sam see him in this banana hammock. And And Lindsay is mortified. Sam's cracking up. He loves this. This is great. I was afraid Harold was going to come out and kill him, but. Yeah. No. no. Uh, And yeah, that's it for that episode. So episode 17, The Little Things. How funny that that follows after the big man in his underpants. <laughs> no little thing there, ladies. I know that's right. So I hate this episode with a fiery passion. Yeah. Yeah, you agree? I feel like the writers went, oh, we need Ken to have something different. Yeah. Daniel's got a somehow sick father and a mother who is... Needy as fuck. Yeah, needy as fuck, more concerned about the father than her own child. Kim's in an abusive home. Lindsay's trying to be a burnout to get away from her parents because her grandma dead. And (laughs) Sam's trying to make out with Cindy. And Millie got a dead dog. And Nick's dad is militant. And, you know, we got to give Ken something. Oh, wait, let's give him a girlfriend who was born with both sets of genitalia. Like... That was so out of left field, though. It was so out of left field. They could have done gay. They could have done bisexual. They could have done, which I don't even know if they knew what bisexual was. They could have done adopted. Like, they could have done adopted. They could have done dyslexic. Any kind of learning disability. Yeah. There's so many options. Or just that she had had, this is kind of dark, even like sexual trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. That she doesn't want to have sex or she doesn't want to make out and Ken's having to deal with that and learn how that works. You know what I'm saying? There are so many different options rather than intersex. And I don't have a problem. Like, I know there are actual people out there that are intersex and that's fine. And I don't have any problem with that. And I guess this is representation for those folks. But it was just off the wall. Yeah. (laughs) And the way she explained it was kind of i just kind of felt that someone had the idea of we need like i said give ken something that he has to deal with mm-hmm. and i feel like 
they pulled for something, but then maybe didn't do enough research about it? Maybe. I don't know. It's a mess. Anyhow, let's get to the point. Because I haven't even said what this episode's about. (laughs) So after Ken's girlfriend, Amy, who we met earlier with the Laser Show episode, reveals to him that she was born an intersex individual. I will say that. And she explains to Ken that the doctors and her parents decided that it would be easier if she was a girl, which thank God, because she does identify as a woman. But she was born with both parts, if that makes sense. Both sets of genitalia, a penis and a vagina, if you will. Also, the thing about that, is I have done some research on intersex people, and Frank could cut this, but I just found this interesting. Being intersex really fascinated me at one point in my journey through learning all about sex mm-hmm. and stuff. Normally, it's not like a penis, like as you and I have it's seen It's like a little them. nub. It's like a very enlarged clitoris. Yeah. Clitorises naturally enlarge themselves when aroused. So and it's like a similar bundle of nerves, yep. if I'm correct, as a, the head of a penis, mm-hmm. which is what the sensitive part is. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But this leads Ken into a spiral about his sexuality because he thinks that he's gay and, oh God, I like Amy's and she was born with both. So does that make me gay? To which I'm like, bro, she looks like a girl. She walks like a girl. She has secondary sex characteristics of a girl. She's a girl. Calm the fuck down. (laughs) I guess in my high school, there was this one dude that everyone knew was bi. Uh And he had this on again, off again thing with this other dude. But everyone said he was gay, even though being bi does not make you exclusively gay. Mm -hmm. So I could understand why Ken would go to the extreme on the other side of the spectrum. But still, he even tries to talk to Rosso and he thinks Rosso's gay. So he comes to Rosso and he says, man, I just need to talk about I don't I think I might be gay. And I just want to talk to you about it because you're gay. And Rosso's like, bro, I'm not gay. And Ken's like, Oh, uh, oh, I'm a dip. <laughs> and Rosa goes, no, you don't. You're going to tell me why you thought I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. And uh, yeah, he also brings it by Daniel and Nick, which I think you remember that part a little better than I do. I don't know if they were smoking pot or if they weren't, but they were laid on the floor. I think Daniel might be up on a couch or Nick's on the yeah. couch. Ken thinks he might break up with Amy. And he's really mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do. And Daniel and or Nick were like, why? But you guys are actually like really good for each other. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And of course, when Amy revealed this to him, she said that he wasn't allowed to freak out. And of course, he wasn't allowed to reveal this to anyone else. This was yeah. a sacred secret for the two of them to know. Which never tell your high school boyfriend any sacred secrets. No, but go on. absolutely not. He's explaining that she was born with both parts. And Nick goes, so she has the gun and the holster? <laughs> yeah i remember that now that was great that was a good line i don't know if it's politically correct but no it definitely wouldn't have been but she just has girl parts and he's like just the holster or something and Mm -hmm. so just the holster just the holster so i don't that's why i don't get why he thinks he's gay yeah i I think just the fact that she was born with i don't know i I don't know it it was it was it was lost on me he and amy walk over and daniel says hey guys what's up And Ken takes it personally and thinks Daniel is calling Amy a dude. Mm -hmm. When Ken gets upset, tips Amy off that he told Daniel her secret and she gets upset and runs off. It's a whole thing. It's a whole, whole thing. By the end of it. So uh, we're going to interject with uh, subplot B because it 
it all ends up lining up. So Sam is having a terrible time dating Cindy uh, because because she reveals that she's shallow, she's rude, she's egotistical. He's trying to find the courage to break up with her. But before he comes to this conclusion, you know, he's going to all the things that she wants to do. They went to a mall only to go to another mall. And Neil tells him to get over it because he would move and live in the mall if she asked him to. It's just a whole dumb thing. Neil, go fuck your dummy. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't concern you. Jean even gives Sam a family heirloom, some necklace that her grandmother gave her for Sam to give to Cindy, who does not Why? deserve it. Ugh. Sam decides he wants to take Cindy out on a date that he gets to plan. So he takes her to a movie, The Jerk, and he's laughing through it. Everyone in the audience is laughing through it, except for Cindy. He gives her the necklace during the movie. She refuses to put it on, says that the metal will be cold against her neck. What a bullshit excuse. So this convinces Sam that uh, it's not going to work between the two of them. They're really boring together. He's not having fun. He wants to date someone he can have fun with. So he's kind of freaking out in the bathroom that it's time for the two of them to break up. And that's when Ken comes in and the two of them hash it out about how they both think they need to break up with their girlfriends. As Sam is explaining all the all the things he thought a girlfriend would be and all the problems he's having with Cindy, Ken says, oh, you know, actually all the things you said you want in a girlfriend, that's exactly what I have with my girlfriend. We have a lot of fun uh-huh. and everything. And that's when he decides he's not going to break up with her. Yep. And he runs down the hall as she's about to go play Hail to the Chief for George H.W. Walker Bush. Yep, two W's. Absolutely. Mm. So this whole time, Amy's been really stressed because President George H.W. Walker? Vice President George H.W. Bush. Yeah, whatever she just said. I know his name. I just can't get it out in one go for some reason. (laughs) He's got to play Hail to the Chief because he's coming to the school and there's a lot of tuba and she's stressed and she's about to go out and play. And Ken runs down the hall and says that, you know, he loves her and he wants to be together and they kiss and... He bumps his head on her tuba. It's real cute. They make out in the tuba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Also, can we talk about how Cindy's one of the young Republicans and when she's out on the date with Sam, she's the reason that President, Vice President What's-His-Nuts is there. And while she's on the date with Sam, she's like, uh, Todd was a Democrat and he just didn't get it, you know? He like, likes handouts. Like handouts. Yeah. Democrats love handouts. It just makes people lazy. And it's just, oof. And then Harold was going on a rant about how Democrats are lazy and Lindsay's like, I'm a Democrat, so. He goes, everyone's a Democrat till they make a little bit of money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also, in this episode, there was a lot about, just as a, like, side C plot, Lindsay was supposed to ask a question, and she had really tough questions for the vice president, and they vetoed it, and they won't even let uh, Mr. Ross- Rosso come in, because he was a radical, quote-unquote, in his college days. And Ben Stiller's in this episode as a Secret Service member, mm-hmm. which was kind of off the wall. Lindsay goes up to ask the, like one of the approved questions, but then she flips it and asks him why he wouldn't let her ask her own questions. Does she? Does he not want to have a discourse with the student body? Mm-hmm. And that's where the episode cuts. Yeah. Episode eighteen. Discos and dragons, and this is the finale, baby. Send off. So Lindsay, Daniel, possibly Kim, and definitely Ken. Apparently, it's tradition that they're taking Lindsay with them on, and they go to this. Uh, it was a bowling alley with a dance hall in the back, and it's tradition that they go in during 
while it's a tradition they go in while disco is playing and yell disco sucks <laughs> cute as they yell it pe- dancers turn around and you see that nick is out on the dance floor actually dancing to disco with this with sarah the girl who he whose necklace he complimented in weirs beers and weirs yes and who is also janice and sounds like they had about as much to do in their small town as i did in high school so. oh yeah we had a bowling alley and a movie theater and a walmart in my hometown yep same same we didn't get the movie theater and bowling alley until way later oh no we had those uh my hometown's also off an army base so so yeah we find out that nick has been dating sarah for a little while she reveals to nick privately in his basement that she's been in love with him for a long time i think she said since the sixth grade right something like that yeah yeah and she always she's obsessed with him yeah she always sat behind him even though he was so tall she, he blocked the board and i'm like girl diagonally is key that way you can still see him at a periphery and you can see the board yeah 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 see i didn't i was homeschooled i don't know any of these tricks oh in college i didn't give a fudge about any of those boys So, Daniel, afraid of failing yet another test, is caught by Call Me Jeff Rosso trying to pull the fire alarm. He shoves a pocket knife through the glass, and then right before he pulls it, Jeff, Mr. Rosso comes out and says, there better be a fire. (laughs) And has him come into the office, and Uh Daniel is forced to join the AV club. And, of course, the geeks are all there voluntarily, and they mm-hmm. are very put off that Daniel is there, especially because he's there as a punishment, and it's something that they actually enjoy. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they start to warm up to him, and they even invite him to play a game of Dungeons & Dragons, to which, to my surprise, he takes them up on their offer, and he yeah. plays with them. He's Carlos the <laughs> Dwarf, and he has a lot of fun, and he even asks if they'll play again the next day, which I thought was... yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I loved that ending for him. I loved that ending for him. Yeah, the geeks even have a moment when he gets up to go get another drink of, does him playing with us make him a geek or, or does it make us cool? And Neil goes, I think it makes us cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. This final episode where we see Lindsay, as a result of her outstanding grade, she receives an invitation to an academic summit at the University of Michigan, which is taking place for two weeks during the summer. However, she's very unsure of whether or not she wants to attend. This entire episode, she's going back and forth, not knowing if she wants to go or not, which I said, Hot Boy Bernard's there and you can go make out for two weeks, to which Witsy reminded me, no, he's in Wisconsin. And I said, why are we going then? The only reason I clocked Wisconsin is because immediately my brain went green. Green Bay, but eh. mm, gotcha, gotcha. Again, it's just a lot of back and forth. And finally, or she tells her parents that she is going to go to Ann Arbor for this internship situation. She gets on the bus and it's tearful goodbyes. And Bill and Neil run up and they and Neil brings her chocolates and she kisses Bill on the cheek, on the cheek, on the cheek, and she kisses Neil on the cheek. I think. Well, she kisses Neil for the sweets, and then she kisses yeah. Bill any- for coming, and mm-hmm. he's like, didn't have to spend a penny or something. It was really funny. <laughs> I didn't spend a penny on that. And she gets on the bus, and this whole time during her tumultuous deciding, Rosso has told her, here, borrow my Grateful Dead album. It'll help you get through it. And she even meets and starts talking to some of the deadheads, the Grateful Dead wrote, like groupies mm-hmm. that go to her school. And she finds out they're kind of cool. Anyways, this helps her come to terms with it. She leaves on the bus, but she gets off on the next stop where Kim 
is there with the Deadheads, ready to leave for a series of Grateful Dead concerts in Colorado. And they're going on the road, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it ends. As she was getting ready to get on the bus, we kept uh-huh. going, well, where's Nick? Where's Nick? Like Nick's going to come running up. Nick's going to come, come running, running up. up. Nick's gonna, and then she gets on the bus. We're like, okay, maybe Nick's waiting at the next bus stop. Or so, yeah. Nick's going to be on the yeah. bus. Or Nick's going to stop the bus somehow. And Nick never showed up. <laughs> he just realized later on in that episode that he royally messed up and he still loves Lindsay. We see him get ready for... I don't know that I mentioned this, but... It doesn't matter. It doesn't pay off. He enters a, a disco dance competition. Another guy is in the competition and does magic during his routine. Yeah. And Nick, Which doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> Nick goes, no one said I could do magic. <laughs> <laughs> so he would have been prepared either way. Uh, yeah, he, he looks like he did really well. You go, this man just wanted to dance. like, <laughs> And I go, yeah. In his contract, they... He said, to do the show, I have to have an entire dance number. How the hell are we going to fit that in? I don't know. That's your problem. But I got to have a dance number. Jason Siegel loves to dance, man. Yeah, and I love to- He's a long boy who likes to dance. I love he's watching- He's a long boy that likes to wiggle like a noodle. I love watching that tall man dance so much. But yeah, and then Lindsay comes busting in and they have like a little spat. Oh, because Ken leaves. drags her in there. Yeah. Ken, the whole episode, just goes- Tell him that you want to get back together or tell him that there's never a chance you're going to get back together because he's only dating Sarah to make you jealous. So they all believe. So yeah, Ken drags her in in the middle of this, right before the the disco competition and is like, tell him. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. But yeah, that's how it ends. And like I said, I'm neutral on that ending. I'm fine with it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just, it is what it is. And it's open for interpretation. Yeah, I kind of want, would like to have been able to follow it to see what their summer looked like. Did the weirs ever find out that she didn't go to this camp or whatever, the Mm -hmm. school thing. Um, Academic summit. But, yeah, I'm happy with the ending. I mean, it could have been worse. Oh, definitely. Like, what if, I don't know, Jason Siegel broke both of his legs in that disco contest. Don't you. Could have been worse. Don't you speak that evil energy at me. <laughs> but, yeah, I liked it. It was good. I love the show. I would show. visit it again. Yeah, as a whole, I did like the show a lot as a 25-year-old watching teenagers. But, yeah, it was, like, a better, more well-written version of Degrassi. Yeah, I easily understand why it's such a cup cult classic and why so many people hype and adore the show yes yes absolutely i would why why no one asked for a friend's reunion no one cares oh lots of people wanted that who cares i want a freaks and geeks reunion that's what i want yeah except seth brogan doesn't want to work with james franco anymore well i don't know figure that out jason siegel isn't doing anything comedy related anymore can you imagine because he did comedy for so long, he wants to show that he's not just comedy. Oh, I'm I don't okay. I'm I'm over it too, but And that's Freaks and Geeks and yeah, I'd revisit it. I'd recommend it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. How many stars out oh. of five? You usually I ask give it me. five stars. Yeah, I yeah. give it five. I'll give it five stars. Well, five. I'll give it four and a half. I feel like the only reason I'd be giving it at four and a half is just because it didn't get a full circle ending, like where we get to see what happens with the characters and where they go, but... I give it a four and a half because of the episodes that really just sucked. So... Oh, okay. The yeah, little the little things could have done without. Um, and there was one or maybe two in the middle stint that I could have also done without. I don't remember them, so apparently, yeah, I could have done without them. And I was also going to bring up before we plug our Twitter that uh, yesterday I tweeted, Happy Sunday, everyone. Yesterday, Sly and I finished watching Freaks and Geeks. I would love to hear thoughts on the show or favorite moments, characters, etc. Your response may be included in our episode. And I am yes. good to my word. So our friends over at I Finally Watched, Alon, 
said, okay, yes, I loved the show when I watched it. I binged the hell out of it. I was so surprised to see so many actors that I know now in the show. Yes. I loved every moment of the show, but to me, the ending was one of the most disappointing things. And I said, yes, some shows we watch. I'm okay with taking a leisurely pace, but this one, all I wanted to do was watch more. Yeah. And the ending was such a kick in the gut, meaning I really wanted Nick to be there, but. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we had a response from two guys on Friday podcast that just said, so good, great cast. I agree. Great cast. Excellent casting. Mm -hmm. And the scoring was terrific as well. Oh, God. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so, 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 so good. Yeah, that's my only qualms. The only other qualm I have is uh, I hate Cindy, but it's fine. She cried, so that made me happy. Yeah, I hate Cindy, and I wish, as I mentioned in, in our last episode, that Lindsay would have stood up for herself a little bit more with Nick, but... Yeah, and just voiced her concerns. But otherwise, nearly perfect show. Yeah, and they kind of came to terms after... Well, I say that, but with the ending being the way it is, I don't know. Um, But I think the episode where he stays the night at their house really kind of smoothed some things out. Yeah. Yeah. But we move on to Backstrom next, and I'm very excited for that. I'm excited to experience it as well. I've seen it all the way through twice, so this will be fun to watch it to try and be a little bit more... Observant. Observant to be able to talk Mm -hmm. about it. But I love the hell out of that show, so... Yeah. Well, you can participate and maybe be in an episode if you want to follow us over on twitter or instagram at bitchwatchpod and you can follow me on instagram at bean.buttrito and then if you want to follow me on twitter and listen to my cold sore rants it is the same thing just drop the dot my instagram is witzy12 w-h-i-t-z-y 12 and then on twitter i am ec underscore witzy e as in erica c as in see you later underscore (laughs) Witsy, W-H-I-T-Z-Y. I told you. Never gets old. I'm going to say that every week. Yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Remember to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and a review. That would be excellent. And word of mouth. And just remember to make good choices. Or don't. And be smart about it. Bye. Bye. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches. Just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch.